Al Jazeera Podcasts. Today, a message of extreme protest over Israel's war on Gaza. I am an active duty member of the United States Air Force. Will it resonate? I will no longer be complicit in genocide. That's Aaron Bushnell speaking outside the Israeli embassy in Washington, D.C. Moments later, he would set himself on fire, repeatedly yelling, Free Palestine. I'm Malika Pilal, and this is The Take. My name is Talia Jane. I am an independent reporter covering social movements, protests. I also cover disinformation and and propaganda. Talia, thank you for joining us on The Take. So on Sunday, you shared an image on social media that has since gone viral. And it was of an incident in Washington, D.C. that occurred in front of the Israeli embassy. Walk me through what happened and how you learned about it. On Sunday, I saw news beginning to circulate saying that a person had attempted to set themselves on fire in front of the Israeli embassy in Washington. And I made a note that there had been a previous incident where a person had done the same in Atlanta, Georgia in December. And soon after that, a reporter with the Atlanta Community Press Collective reached out and said to me, like, we received this. And it was a link to a Twitch channel. And it had one video on it, very few views. I clicked on it. I watched it. And it became clear to me that it was not someone tried to set themselves on fire. It was that they had in totality. Mm. And I took a still from the video and I posted that still. It was a very early still, um, almost as soon as he stands upright. um, So then people could see the clear image of the what this was. And I stated that this was a person who chose to do this. They introduced themselves saying, I am an active duty member of the United States Air Force and I will no longer be complicit in genocide and then proceeded to scream, Free Palestine, until he no longer could. So now looking back, you were piecing together the details based on what someone had sent you, what you were seeing. How would you tell that story today? What we know now is that everything he said in the video about himself was true. He introduced himself I am an active duty member of the United States Air Force. I'm about to engage in an extreme act of protest, but compared to what people have been experiencing in Palestine at the hands of their colonizers, it's not extreme at all. His friends reached out saying that he was active in mutual aid. He was a capital A anarchist who very fervently wanted to advocate for liberation for all, who had sent a will 
to people and set up information on taking care of his cat. I found out that he, on Sunday night, he died from his injuries. And from what I was told, he died somewhere around 9.15 p.m. Eastern Time. So you mentioned that his friends reached out. Yeah. How did they find you? Tell me that story. The initial reporting I had done had picked up a huge amount of traction. And one of his comrades had come across it, shared it in their group space. And one of them emailed me. The subject line of the email said Aaron Bushnell. This was a person who knew him and wanted to advocate for his friend and to make sure that his who he was as a person was made known accurately which to me is it has to be one of the most reflexively selfless things i have ever encountered a person doing on finding out that their friend committed this terrible injury to themselves who was unlikely to survive. Just really profound. One person said that he was the most principled comrade they'd ever known. Another person said that he was the gentlest, kindest person, very silly, and had a a very giving capacity for imbuing kindness in others. As they were describing him, It seemed like a person that anyone would want to be friends with. We also spoke to one of his friends who echoed some of these thoughts. My name is Lupe Barboza, and I'm a friend of Aaron's. Lupe is an organizer in Texas who got to know Aaron when he began doing volunteer work with the San Antonio Care Collective. That was at the end of 2022. He was very thoughtful and kind, kind of shy. He wouldn't talk unless like someone kind of initiated the conversation. And could tell everything he would say, it was like deliberate, like he put a lot of thought into it. Um, he was interested in talking about politics and kind of developing his own political ideas. So he was interested in being part of a community. I believe that it wasn't long after he joined the military that he quickly began developing like anti-imperialist views and just being very opposed to the military and feeling a lot of guilt for being in it. I know he wanted to leave as soon as his contract ended and he was purposefully looking for internships that didn't do defense work. Talia says the friends she spoke to were shocked by Aaron's protest and Lupe told us the same. He sent um, my friend who was closer to him a text with his will, and he said, I love you. I hope you can understand this. I know a lot of this won't make sense. And my friend freaked out, called him, texted him, no response. Then he told others from the group what had happened. And we went over to my friend's house and we started investigating, and we found his Facebook, which had a link to the Twitch account. It was about an hour or so after it had happened. 
Um, we started watching the video, but we paused it once we saw that he had poured the accelerant on himself. So those of us who, who were in the group were all just feeling an extreme amount of grief and shock. And I don't think any of us are able to process this. It's just very difficult to understand and to fathom that this happened because there wasn't any hint towards something like this happening. After the break, what the coverage of Aaron's protests says about the U.S. media. The Inside Story podcast dissects, analyzes, and helps define major global stories. We get into the details with experts who explain how policies affect people. The Inside Story podcast by Al Jazeera. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts. So, Talia, back in December, a woman lit herself on fire in front of the Israeli consulate in the U.S. city of Atlanta. Police saying a protester in Atlanta set themselves on fire outside a building housing several offices, including an Israeli consulate. This was likely an extreme act of political protest that occurred here today. One thing to note about that incident is that we don't actually know the name of that woman. There has been this sharp critique online from people who note that even in that instance, and this instance of Aaron Bushnell, they aren't seeing an explanation of the why behind the self-immolation in news coverage. What do you think of that critique? I think, you know, it's notable that he took these steps to make sure that the media was aware and that steps were taken to archive it. And like he, he urged for people to save it. And in contrast, the woman who did the same in Atlanta in December, we don't know her name. We have, we have no information. And then when you look at the, the media coverage about what happened, the article headlines are all, you know, this U.S. airman allegedly set himself on fire, and that's kind of it. But you have to go into the article to find out the why. And I think that this is indicative of the media's overdeveloped reflex to be skeptical of things that delineate too far from what they have decided is a comfortable status quo. Self-immolation is an extreme act and is an extreme choice. Media is very allergic to engaging effectively with the extremes. If you look at self-immolation, that is happening in an environment where the community that the person actually belonged to is not encouraging further acts of self-immolation. I think the fact that we've had two instances of self-immolation is indicative of how desperate people are getting. That does not mean we're going to get someone two weeks from now saying, I'm doing this for Aaron or anything like that. People are honoring him and mourning him. They're mourning the loss of someone who was so dedicated to his values. This 25-year-old who had the whole world ahead of him who decided instead to cut that short for this purpose greater than himself. That's what we're seeing. Aaron Bushnell's protest isn't unprecedented. 
There have been a handful of cases in the United States where people have self-immolated as a political act. And we wanted to hear from someone who studies that. My name is Archana Kaku. I'm an assistant professor in the Department of Government at William & Mary. And my research is focused on the meanings and effects of political violence. We often see both media outlets and state officials describing political self-immolations as personal suicides, uh, as coming out of a place of despair or even of mental illness, rather than as being distinctly political phenomenon. It is important that we're able to recognize the political content of self-immolations like Aaron Bushnell's. He was extremely clear that this was an act of protest. Now, that being said, self-immolation is also not a common form of protest in the United States. Uh, but there are examples of kind of clusters of self-immolations that are oriented towards particular issues or problems in American politics. Uh, so we most frequently think of the, the Vietnam War examples. So Alice Hertz, uh, Norman Morrison, Roger Laporte, all of whom self-immolated in 1965 in protest against the Vietnam War. And one of those examples did actually resonate with at least one U.S. official. So to give you perhaps the best-known American example, American Quaker Norman Morrison famously self-immolated outside of the office of then-Secretary of Defense Robert McNamara in 1965 in protest against what he saw as the brutality of the Vietnam War. Norman Morrison was convinced that the control and ultimate elimination of war is an imperative of this century. He gave his life as witness to this belief. Secretary McNamara actually wrote in his memoir that Morrison's protest helped to change his perspective about the war. So in general, we know that self-immolators call upon us to see forms of pain and violence from which we might otherwise be insulated. Talia, Aaron's last words were free Palestine. And hours after the public learned of his death, those words were trending on the social media platform formerly known as Twitter, X. What do you make of that? This is absolutely a moment in history. There have been people going about their day, encountering other people, talking about this in real life. There are people all over the political spectrum who are impacted who are processing and who are engaging with the what is going on, maybe for the first time or maybe for the first time in a long time. People trying to dismiss this as pointless is to deny the history of protest and its influence in every capacity. Lupe, Aaron's friend, says she wants people to hear the message Aaron hoped to bring with his last words. I think he knew what an effect this would have on people in the country and what kind of shock and awe it would be. I saw on CNN, there was a reporter who actually said his last words. So the words free Palestine were actually uttered on CNN. As the flames engulf him, you can hear him yelling, free Palestine, free Palestine, again and again, until finally he collapses. And that is when... I'm pleased to see that. I'm glad it's getting attention. I just want it to reach the hearts and minds of people 
all across the country who have yet to say anything about Palestine, who have been quiet. I want them to be inspired to act because this is why Aaron did it. He didn't do it for any other reason. He didn't do it for attention or to be valorized as a hero. He just wanted people to act. And that's The Take. This episode was produced by Sonia Bagat and Ashish Malhotra with Chloe K. Lee, Veronisa Campana, Miranda Lynn, Amy Walters, Nagin Oliayi, Siri Al-Khalili, David Enders, Khalid Sultan, Zainab Badr, and me, Malika Bilal. Alex Roldan is our sound designer. Alexandra Locke is The Take's executive producer. And Ney Alvarez is Al Jazeera's head of audio. We'll be back 